Hey everyone, welcome to Indie Film Grit, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you, you can call me Tim. In this episode, I talk with indie filmmakers Jason Krieger and Cooper Griggs. Together, they made a short film called Joshua which recently screened at the Marina Del Rey Film Festival. And it also won an award at the Global Shorts Film Festival here in Los Angeles. Let's get into it. And here we are with Jason Krieger and Cooper Griggs. Uh, Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah. Now, uh, Jason is the writer and Cooper is the director of a new film called Joshua. Uh, the story is based off uh, part of your novel, Jason. Uh, can you get into that? Yeah, sure. Um, I was God, in my early 20s in college taking creative writing uh, courses and all of that sort of stuff. And um, part of the reason even I went to college per se, because I was actually a high school dropout of all fun things. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, when I went back to, to, to school, it was kind of a a story that I wanted to tell. It was very much into uh, thrillers, uh, you know, Hitchcock, stuff like that. Um, And I, I had some weird dreams at night you know, very sort of Freddy Krueger, if you will. Um, and they, they kept on kind of haunting me, I guess, if you will. And this, this character just kept on kind of resonating with me. So I, uh, you know, growing up and, and not to give too much of the film away, but I guess, you know, we'll just, you know, give it away a little bit. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a thriller about, you know, a guy who, you know, is a serial killer basically. So we, um, you know, I, uh, did a lot of research on that. One of my professors from Queens College in, in New York um, is a guy named uh, Harold Schechter, and he, he did uh, wrote a, a whole bunch of different books on the topic. So I got to know him a little bit, and just you know, d- just did a lot of research and stuff. And so when I graduated, I moved to Amsterdam for a little bit to try to write this, and um, you know, got about a hundred pages into it. And you know, once the 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 smoke fog cleared, if you will. So, so um, you moved to Amsterdam uh, specifically to write this story? Yeah, correct. That's um, fantastic. Uh, yep, yep. I, um, you know, I, because I was uh, going to school full time and and I was working full time. Uh, yeah, I grew up in New York, and and uh, the only way I, I think for me to really kind of do well in school is I, I kind of inundated myself by working full time as well. Um, so I had no social life basically. And, 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 and when you work full time, you have no social life. And I was still living at home with my folks at the time. Uh, so I was able to kind of save a ton of money, you know? So when I graduated, I had, I had a bunch of really good friends, girlfriends that were, one was Croatian, one, or one is Croatian, she still is Croatian. (laughs) Um, uh, one is, uh, um, uh, Greek and all that stuff. And, And they always kept on kind of, um, you know, get, uh, tr- trying to get me to go out to Europe and, and, and kind of expand my horizons a little bit. And at that time, I never really had traveled all that much uh, other than uh, going to Canada, I think, once when I was like 12. Um, so I 
you know, got a uh, three month, you know, uh, air, you know, ticket, whatever, um, you know, booked a hotel room for three days and just went on my way. And then I figured I, once I got there, I would kind of just figure it out and then got an apartment pretty quickly, all that stuff, you know, just very sort of like, uh, you know, throw myself into the, the, you know, the fire, if you will, and see, mm-hmm. you know, what happened. And then eventually I just sat and I, I would work on the story, um, you know, probably two or three weeks. And then I'd give myself a week to go kind of like run around Europe and do that, the whole experience sort of stuff. Sure. And then uh, back, back to it, you know. And so part of it, so the, the, the you know, again, to get, not, not to give it away, but it might as well give it away. The, the part of the, um, what the killer does in this story is he goes and he interviews uh, uh, prostitutes. And then eventually, of course, he, he, he kills them, which a lot of serial killers do. Um, so part of the reason why being in Amsterdam was actually to be able to go to the red light district and go to, um, you know, ladies of the night, if you will, and, and, and kind of interview. And, you know, of course, you know, being a, a, a 24 year old, I also did other things, but, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, not ashamed to say it. It's just, you know, it's just part of life, I guess. But, um, you know, d- got a lot of research by talking to them about different like weirdos and all that sort of stuff, but doing it in a way that I wasn't, um, going to freak them out or anything. Cause you know, obviously didn't, you know, that wasn't my, my intention. Mm-hmm. And then would then just and then go home and, and, and use some of the, you know, some of the conversations and stuff that, that uh, I did. In fact, actually, most of the the genesis of this was even prior to moving to Europe, to, to Amsterdam. Um, I had done research in New York in a lot of ways, um, like, um, you know, kind of creepy. But uh, yeah, I'd go pick up a girl and talk to her, you know, that that uh, w- was a, a prostitute. A um, couple of times I, I would go out, hang out with my friends at, at a bar, and then I, afterwards I would somewhat stalk someone. I wouldn't do anything, obviously, but I would kind of follow, you know, kind of get almost like a, um, a method actor, kind of get into like a headspace of what would be, you know, what this guy would do, how he would do things and all that stuff. And then, of course, obviously not do, you know, the, the, the end game of it because I'm not a killer. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, just try to get into this sort of creepy sort of place, which I don't know, you know, I'm not that person, but to kind of get that char- character in my head and kind of see what he would do, what he wouldn't do and all that sort of stuff. So, right. um, you know, eventually, so eventually anyway, long story short, as I, you know, as I just basically gave away a lot of the premise of the, of the film, um, you know, I had written about a hundred pages of the book. And then, you know, when I, when I kind of did a, read through i wasn't happy with most of it but there was a couple of really cool key scenes that i liked one being what we used for joshua which is basically um kind of you know for a screenplay for a full-length feature version it would be sort of like after you know the first 15 minutes would be the introduction of the main character catherine and we get to know her as you know doing what she's doing and then this is sort of his intro if you will um and it was something that I um, I had worked on a an Indian film many years ago called Maya, which was released um, um, theatrically in the in Asia uh, as Kama Sutra Nights, and it kind of was not a very pleasant experience um, as far as you know writing something and then seeing it on screen and it just not being what 
I, I envisioned. And it was a script doctor job to boot, so it wasn't really um, um, an original screen, uh, screenplay. I was fixing somebody else's, you know, mm. um, project. Um, really good friend who, who I was, who I actually reconnected with recently, and thankfully we were able to put away our differences, and now we're good friends again. Um, you know, asked me to, to to read it, and then I wrote it. I read it, and, and then he asked me to, to rewrite it, and so so. But anyway, again, long story short, that uh, didn't really go well. The film came out really not to my satisfaction. Uh, they made it pretty much into a softcore porno, <laughs> which mm. you know is always a great thing to have on your resume. Hi, I'm Jason. I write softcore pornos. <laughs> um, but um, so so uh, so so this was actually something that I kind of wrote that I wanted to kind of you know do something different and do something in my own voice. Wrote it and then didn't do anything with it. So where we pick up where where Cooper and I got kind of um, uh, involved with with Joshua was he posted something on Facebook where basically he's, he was looking for material. He wanted to, to direct something. And um, I, I had initially thought maybe I would direct it, but really what it can't, for me, I'm more passionate about writing um, and, you know, being part of the crew, everything, but I don't like to be the, like the, the be all end all voice leader. And I like to collaborate a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I reached out to Cooper was like, Hey, what do you think of this? And we kind of went from there. Yeah. Cooper, how about you, uh, you take it from there. Uh when did you first start getting involved and what attracted you to the, the project? Sure. So, um, you know, as Jason said, I, I uh, put out a call for scripts uh, a couple of years ago and got a few in. I really liked uh, Jason's story and, and, you know, we had been friends for a little while and so it was nice to, see another side of him and and uh see all those those dark parts if you will mm -hmm. we we worked on the script for uh the next year and then uh put uh put um put our production brains together and and uh i think we shot uh, in summer of 2015 um, and uh yeah. and so for me, it was it was a fun exploration of something that uh, I hadn't really thought of before, and so um, you know, Jason had shared a lot of his research with me, and I watched some things and did some more reading, and kind of got more into the mind of of Joshua, and um, as as Jason had done already. Uh, so, you know, we got on the same page and worked really well together. So for me, it was a very pleasurable experience and, you know, working relationship with someone was, who was already a friend. So it was a good, it was a good thing all around. Yeah. It's always great when you can uh, work with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there was a moment that, that I, I had to make sure for my, for myself, but then also to, to let you know, Cooper know it's like, it's like, you know, when we get on the set, you know, it's your film. Like, like, like I'm there if you got questions, you want me to help, you know, stuff like that. But you're, you know, you're in charge. I wrote it and now you go and run with it, you know. So it was, we, we uh, didn't have any egos or butting of heads about anything. And it, it was really um, pleasurable in the sense that, that it was like, like total teamwork and, and, and just no bones about trying to just get a good story out and, and, and make it look the right ways, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
from from what I've seen, the little bit I've seen, it yeah, it looks really good. Um, Thank you. The night shots, the the lighting, um, it's real crisp but still kind of moody. Um, yeah, well done, guys. Um, Thank you. Yeah, our our DP Stephen Moreno did an amazing job on this. Like he really brought his A game, and and uh, we we thank him immensely for it. So. I can, uh, I can honestly say like, he's, he's one of the best DPs I've ever worked with. Uh, how long was the shoot? How many days did it take to, uh, complete the shoot? So we had four days of principal photography and then we, uh, had a few short days where we would, um, shoot various scenes and things that we didn't have time for during principal photography. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some driving scenes that we did. <laughs> that <laughs> um how'd that work out you know well it, uh it it was interesting you know like you 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 aim for the best and um sometimes you you don't always have the the best equipment or Average. uh the kind of time that you need or the lighting and so um you know the stuff that that where we had kind of the the bigger budget uh, items, uh, didn't work out so well. And so we actually ended up, uh, Jason and I driving through downtown LA with my new iPhone out (laughs) his his (laughs) sunroof and just, and just grabbing some things just cause you know, the, the new phones can shoot uh, 4k video. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we actually use a couple of those shots in the, in the, uh, finished cut. So, um, there you go. Whatever tool is available. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, actually what was, so, uh, you know, Steven, one of the good things about Steven is he owns a, a red camera and I've known Steven for about a dozen years. He's actually uh, a guy that I know through another friend and he's also East coast guy, etc. So, you know, red camera, 4k, everything shot. And, uh, he, um, the one day that I couldn't actually go cause my wife was really ill. Um, you know, Cooper manned the ship as, you know, he, he's in charge, he's in charge cause he's the director anyway. And, um, they, they did a lot of shooting, but the, the hood mount that they had on, on the car just didn't, it, it was too shaky. It, 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 it didn't look good. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, uh, you know, Cooper and I were sitting talking and like, oh crap, you know, we're going to have to go pay another day and figure this out. It's like, well, wait a second. You know, the, the, the new iPhones have 4k and what do we need? We just need a couple of, you know, just inserts here and there. Why don't we just drive around? <laughs> and that's what we did. Yeah. That is uh that's perfect, man. That's the indie film spirit right there. Yeah. You right. got it. Any means necessary. It's really, you know, and of course calling all your friends and everything as well. Especially for insert shots. You know, if it's in a montage or something like that. Exactly where we use it too. In, in like there's a, a mon, you know montage of basically the guy uh, the the you know Joshua driving through downtown Los Angeles and so you know you see all the different sort of stuff and yeah there was a couple of interesting Skid Row shots that we got. You mentioned the red camera. Um, was that part of your budget or since you knew the guy was that uh, kind of free? Well, not exactly free, but he made it part of the camera package. So you know it it pays to know the right people for sure between his expertise the cameras that he had and 
his contacts as well. Like we had a really good crew. Yeah. And uh, from what I've seen, it looks like it was shot in LA. That Oh, you already said downtown, right? Yep. Yep. That's great. Yeah. So it's, it's set in anywhere USA, but you know, the, the backdrop is clearly Los Angeles and in certain shots, you can see the, the downtown skyline and mm-hmm. there are certain landmarks that, that uh, we left in place. Um, uh, the old, uh, 4th street bridge before they took it down. Nice. Yep. Yeah. It was, it's, it's such a landmark and so many things have been shot, uh, either on the first street or fourth street bridge. So I really wanted to make sure that was a part of the film, you know, as a homage to, you know, what, what LA has to offer. Now, without giving too much away, um, since he is, uh, you know, uh, somewhat of a bad guy or a serial killer, as you said, um, mm-hmm. did you all film with any blood or fake blood? No. So, so oh, yeah. um, how do I answer this diplomatically without giving away too much? It's a fairly bloodless affair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, <laughs> there is blood. And, um, you know, I wouldn't call it like a horror film necessarily, except for the subject matter. Um, but it is very suspenseful and, and it does give you, uh, a a really good surprise at the end, you know, where, where you think things are going in one direction and they definitely go in another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always find it, uh, fun when, uh, people have to work with fake blood. Not that you use it extensively in this, but uh, it's a, you know, it's a sticky situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I produced another short uh, and edited it uh, where we had a, a remarkable amount of blood where, you know, someone was basically almost swimming in it on a mm-hmm. kitchen floor and... Yeah, it's some sticky stuff like that. It, it's not an easy thing to clean up. Now, you mentioned editing. Cooper, did you you edit this one as well? I did, yeah. It, um, I, I found it to be um, quite challenging, actually, to edit something I directed. And I just I always wanted a little bit more out of that director, you know? And mm. so I was cursing his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As he looked at the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> we shot on the red in 6K, so uh, we had a lot of, um, you know, there was the files were huge. So uh, Premiere handled the, the job like a champ. You know, I, I was able to import all of that coverage and work natively in those files. I mean, it you know, it had its own proxy system, of course, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to edit right away. It wasn't like I had to do a mountain of transcoding and, you know, offline and it just, it just handled it beautifully. And did you say 6k? Right. So, so the red dragon chip, uh, you can record in 6k. And, and so we did that just so that we would have options later. Yeah. I mean, now I see it, uh, that, the image no wonder why well part of the reason why it looks so good 6k wow that's impressive yeah 
and the glass that Stephen was using was uh, some really good stuff that he's he's got. Um, I I couldn't tell you names of things, but uh, he probably could. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me a little? It's not the biggest cast in the world, but uh, <laughs> why don't you tell me about it? Tell me about the people uh, acting for you and whatnot. Yeah, it, it took us quite a while to get our casting down. Um, we, you know, th- there was a lot of people that, that showed up and um, we recorded all of the casting sessions and nothing was really clicking for us. Uh, there was one guy that was kind of out in the lead, but it, again, it just didn't feel like the right fit. And then... Jason's wife meant, I think she was your girlfriend at the time, uh, had, had mentioned somebody who was in our circle of friends and like, we didn't even know he was an actor. Yeah. And so we looked at him and thought this, this could really work because he has like a clean cut look, but he has tattoos all over his chest and arms and back and looks can look very menacing Mm -hmm. so it worked out really well and and uh we had him come in and audition and he just blew us away like we we both just thought you know this we found our joshua once once we had our joshua then everyone else kind of fell into place and and it became um a cast of our friends you know um we we looked for other professionals in the business and placed ads and lots of, uh, lots of sites and whatnot. But when we came down to it, like everybody that, that we knew are the people that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, uh, the thought that I was going to say with, with Bo, um, yeah, uh, Bo Borden, who's the, who plays Joshua in the, in the film, uh, you know, men had told me about him and, you know, I look at it, picture of him on Facebook and not even friends with him at that time. I'm like, okay, well, he's got a very, in my opinion at the time, a very angular sort of Brad Pittish sort of face or whatever. He looks like an actor. He's got mm-hmm. badass tattoos. Okay. So that's, you know, which, which actually I wasn't uh, really forward to begin with, but I, I, you know, once he did the audition, I didn't really care if, you know, if he had eight heads at that point. Um, but but like so I reach out to him and I you know send him a thing and basically hey you know do you do acting and all that stuff now this guy has done he's been acting since he was a kid I think his 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 mom was like a, a casting agent um, oh, wow. for yeah and uh, best friends with uh, the uh, David Faustino from uh, Married with Children and all that mm-hmm. stuff so yeah and he's if you IMDb him he's he's been in like fifty different TV shows and films and such. So, so a really good professional actor, and he just stopped doing it for a couple of years, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, personal or whatnot. Um, so it was like, oh shit, I'm, yeah, you know, crap. Here we are. We have this really good guy, you know, that's going to be able to pull this off, you know. And and then when he auditioned, it was just like, wow, okay, we got him. That's it. Yeah, that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, it was. I, I just rem- I remember he uh, he had auditioned with a different gal um, and it was just electric when they, when they were working together, you know, but then, you know, we, we wound up selecting a different gal for, for the Catherine part uh, who uh, uh, Cooper, you, you knew her through Lisa or, or you. So, yeah. So uh, Alexis uh, worked on 
a, a comedy web series that I had um, directed and edited with a friend of mine. And Alexis played a small part in that and I just really hit it off. And I, I felt like she'd be a good addition to the team. And she was a little nervous because she hadn't uh, worked on a, on a film before. She had done a lot of stage work. So, you know, basically just tone it down a little bit. And, um, you know, you, your, your motions don't need to be 10 feet tall. You're, you're, you're uh, in, you know, in a small uh, space. So uh, it, it just worked out really well. Like I said, uh, we were pleasantly surprised at the, the chemistry between the two of them. And, um, and you're talking about uh, casting hookers. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, women w- of the night. Did that is- pose any problem at all? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, no you know, but- it, was, it was funny because, because, I mean, first of all, you know, Alexis uh, Donato, who, who's, uh, uh, you know, our Catherine, our, our lead actress, um, you know, like Cooper said, you know, she she did stage and all that stuff. This was really her first, but but also very first kind of like serious thing to do too. Hmm. Um, for me, what was weird too was like she reminded me of of a gal, a hooker, if you will. You know, she looks just like this person that I talked to that I that I kind of based a little bit of the interview with. So it was it was a little eerie, cool for me. Um, but uh, but like in my mind, it was like okay, she's. I think she's going to be the one to do it, you know. Um, but then, as far as like the, um, I guess the street walkers, it, there's a, a a scene in the film that that uh, we kind of pan down to see, if you will, Hooker Alley, or you know, for lack mm-hmm. of better terms. Uh, and and we basically, again, like you know, Cooper in, in his infinite wisdom did a, uh, a, a you know Facebook thing of like, hey, we need some friends to show up, you know, and basically you know bring your own costumes, you know, dress up a certain way, you know, you got to dress provocatively, or you're you're being a hooker on the street. <laughs> we also had a couple of uh, uh, guy friends that were playing homeless guys, you know, like all this stuff, and it was just it was kind of cool because it was like like they were they were great sports because they wound up getting doing their shooting at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's great. And if you're filming at 3 a.m., that's even more authentic. Yeah. It yeah. Was cool. We had an all nighter. It was, um, because most of the film takes place at night. Uh, we had a lot of night shoots and, you know, it's brutal, but when you're doing, you know, you're, you're, you're making your passion project. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not something you notice while you're doing it, but as soon as you finish, you, you definitely, uh, you, you're definitely ready for that first beer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am. And, and, and 17 coffees into it. <laughs> now shooting around LA, did you guys go gorilla style or did you go about getting permits? Yeah, I'm always a little afraid to ask answer this question because uh, I don't want anybody coming after us. But uh, yeah, we did not have the budget for any permits. Um, mm-hmm. So the, a lot of a lot of our stuff was done uh, inside of um, you know spaces, private buildings, homes, that sort of thing. Where I'm told that you don't necessarily need a permit it's it's when you go out onto the street that um you you get into that 
that realm. Yeah, I think you'll be but, all right. You'll be all right. Yeah. So we, you know, there were some gray areas, of course, because uh, when you see the, the movie, uh, there are some street scenes and, of course, the driving shots. Um, we were very creative and very lowbrow with our uh, our footprint. You know, we were we were definitely getting by on the sly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and especially the um, the main studio that we used for for a bunch of stuff was uh, a place that Stephen actually had hooked us up with called Zendaria Studios, which is in downtown. And um, so we we had a couple of setups, uh, you know, on their actual lot. And then also inside their their warehouse, if you will. Um, but then that street was just perfect because uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning, nobody around. Although there were people around, actually, there there, there was a couple of cars and and uh, there was actually, um, I'm not mistaken, like a school bus with, with with a couple of transients that were living in in the school bus, and mm-hmm. you know, there was, there yes. was some, some some interesting stuff. But we were able to kind of get get everything we needed without uh, you know getting anybody upset with us. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of those RVs was cooking meth. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Adds to the cool. ambiance. Yes. In my 20s, uh, post 9-11, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to uh, film a scene uh, for a short film where uh, a drug dealer hands off a, a gun right in front of the airport. Oh, God. And uh, I was filming it. I was uh, standing in a, a medium, cars going both ways, and they they just did it, you know, 20 times in a row, handing off a Glock, handing off a Glock. And <laughs> within, like, 20 minutes, uh, two cop cars pulled up, and they said they got numerous calls. And, uh, oh, man. I'm older now. I can't get away with it. But back then, all you had to say was, student film, student film. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, talk to me about the festival experience with Joshua so far. Uh, has it been going, making the rounds or? Yeah, we're, uh, we're still doing festivals. Um, it's, it's a pretty rough setup, um, because we don't have any huge names attached to our project, both, you know, in front of and behind the camera. Uh, not very many festivals want to have anything to do with us. However, a few have given us, uh, you know, some inroads into, um, getting some accolades. So how many do you think you submitted it to? Probably two dozen. Um, a lot of it was, uh, uh, you know, I basically did a, uh, without a box account Mm -hmm, and, You know, be, being a you know a writer is one thing, but I um, also in, in in my day job I, I sell stock film footage for to TV and film, mm-hmm. um, so I, I can be a little bit of a salesperson when I have to be. Um, so so I was able to kind of like put together like a nice little press kit. Cooper was great to get me some screen grabs. We put things together. We did. Uh, I had two um, really good friends of, of of mine that were. They don't make websites anymore, but they they decided to come out of retirement to just kind of put together a website for us, which was cool. Uh, JoshuaTheFilm.com. It, it's pretty cool to go to a you know, film festival and see, you know, see your film in, in an actual theater. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, we did a, a, a really cool, um, if you will, rap party slash, uh, premiere, um, at, uh, the El Cid in, uh, in Silver Lake, hmm. which was 
awesome to be able to kind of do this. And you know, I did like a little musical performance because uh, 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 wrote and scored the film with um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Chris Rama. I didn't realize that you you composed or co-composed um, yep. the score as well. What was the inspiration for that sound? Was it L.A. itself? Was it how how did you come to terms with uh, the tone of the of the score. So the, 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 the guy that I, that I did the music with Chris Ramos, um, good friend of mine for many years. And we, 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 you know, bounced around tons of material and wrote, you know, I, you know, I'd help him out with stuff and he'd help me out with stuff musically and whatnot. Um, but I basically approached him. I was like, I asked him, um, you know, to do this, let's, you know, I had a couple of ideas of what I wanted, um, specifically the end song was something that, that, um, um, I wanted to kind of have like a very sort of Leonard Cohen-esque bluesy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, that, what was cool about that, because like, you know, writing it, producing it with Cooper, like, like yeah, we, we were all, we were very good with, uh, space and again, not jumping on people's egos and stuff. Um, but when I, you know, when it came to the music, I, I think initially when I would present stuff to Cooper, he might have been. I, I, and I don't know, Cooper. You, you tell me if I'm wrong with this. You were like a little hesitant, be like, eh, I don't know if that works or not. And I'm like, no, don't worry, I'll write something else. It's no big deal, you know. Um, and I so, think when when we first started talking about music, we were in different places, and and um, we eventually came around to to the same concept and the stuff that, that you created with, with Ramos was amazing. I, I think it works really well for the film. And that was what was cool because it was like, like at that point I have to appease the director. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's like, I, you know, there, there was specifically one song that I really like a lot. Um, that uh, I, I was certain it was going to be in the film and Cooper just didn't like it. And it's like, all right, well, you know, screw it. Let's let, what do you, you know? So then he showed, he showed me a couple of ideas of what he was looking. He was like, this is what I hear. And I was like, okay. And then, so that, so then I took that stuff, showed uh, Chris and then we just, you know, within 20 minutes came up with something, you know, I, I, I mean, it, 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 writing music is, is luckily for me, you know, a very easy thing to do. Uh, so it was real easy to compose stuff and, and, you know, the different areas with stuff, it was, uh, it was, just kind of like, okay, let's do this, let's do that. And, you know, it definitely did it all come in together really nicely. I mean, I'd, it would be nice to give a shout out to Ugo, who, who helped us oh, out yeah. tremendously on the sound. Um, he did the sound design and, and the editing, our um, sound mix. Mm, yeah. Um, he, he was amazing. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, um, uh, Ugo Denard of Ugo Sounds, um, He's uh, just got a new studio in Burbank, and he's—I think—he's really kind of blown up a little bit. Um, again, you know, the, the the thing that I that I definitely would recommend to anybody who's listening to this—that that's like a new filmmaker or aspiring or whatever—is pool all your resources. You're going to have to wear a ton of different hats. I mean, Cooper was the director, producer, editor, um, you know, uh, wardrobe guy, basically. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I wrote it produced it, you know, did the music for it. And then, uh, you know, Ugo, who, you know, again, another you know, dear friend that just, you know, uh, donated time uh, um, and just, you know, gave us, you know, just helped us out because it just, you know, 
believed in us and is good friends with us, you know? Yeah. And anybody who's curious uh, about Joshua can go to uh, joshuathefilm.com. And if, and if anybody has any questions, there's a, uh, an email prompt that uh, comes directly to me so I can answer any questions if anybody feels like doing, doing so. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. I, this was fun. Thank you, Absolutely. Tim, for having us. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. This was great. Thank you for having us. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Indie Film Grit Podcast. Feel free to go to our website and check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, at Indie Film Grit, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Well, I should really wrap this up, but before I go, let me ask you something. Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough indie film grit? <laughs> <laughs>